This is a newsletter called Never Normal Again, written by Anna Breidenbach, who's an animal communicator. And she says, as humans, we have lost touch with nature. We see ourselves as master of all other life forms. We consider ourselves higher on the steps of evolution because we assume to have a greater level of intelligence and a better developed level of consciousness than animals and plants. In reality, we should perhaps behave more like animals. Animals are not concerned with the destruction of the planet, tells Anna Breidenbach from South Africa, one of the world's leading experts in communication with nature. The title is here is Communication with Nature Takes Us to the Essence of Life. Breidenbach studied psychology, marketing, and economics at the University of Cape Town. For about 12 years, she made a career with world-renowned companies in Australia and the United States. Meanwhile, little by little, she felt her soul drowning. Based on her passion for nature, she decided, in addition to her hectic schedule with work, to learn to track wild animals. And so slowly but surely, a new dimension opened up within her. She developed a sixth sense and became world famous as an expert in the field of experiencing communication with nature. Once we experience that as human beings, we are much more than just our brains, we have a golden key in our hands to learn to navigate these times of great social change, said Breidenbach, who sees our alienation with all that lives inside and outside ourselves as humanity's most serious disease. Animals are aware of their meaning in life. They know their role. They have empathy and compassion, even for the human being who often makes their lives a living hell. It is a miracle that animals have never rebelled against humans. Nature has taught me what true empathy and compassion is. From the mouse to the elephant, from the cauliflower to the tree. The human brain may be larger than most animals, but how can migratory birds find their way flawlessly while the average human becomes insecure when the GPS connection briefly fails? Why do so many animals have premonitions of earthquakes and other natural disasters? when our highly developed signaling systems cannot predict a tsunami or nuclear reactor in time. Why do dogs know when their owner is coming home, when we need a mobile phone or alarm system to know how our children or parents are doing? Why do trees work together and communicate with each other, when for people and companies and organizations this is often anything but simple? Does nature have an intelligence that we don't have? According to Breidenbach, man has the same intelligence but makes very little or no use of it. In fact, our institutionalized world of science, education, and medicine doesn't want to know. They insist on the scientific correctness that all our sensations, images, and feelings are in our brains. However, this is completely contrary to what Breidenbach experiences on a daily basis. The subheading is Sensing Resilience Instant Knowing. From from origin, I was someone with a highly developed sense of ability of thought. Analyzing, planning, and checking were a few of my basic tools. When I, was first, when I first started tracking for wildlife, I did so mainly for my mental strength and the application of the five senses, until I learned from my supervisors to rely more on my feelings to develop myself more intuitively. Slowly, a new dimension opened up inside and outside myself. I learned to connect with the landscape to understand why animals don't randomly walk a path at all. 
and that everything has a reason. It literally blew my mind. At first I thought it was pretty scary. Sometimes I had the feeling of hallucinating because of mental Ill images about the condition of animals that spontaneously came into my mind. Later I learned that telepathic communication with the environment is a talent that does not make me special at all. It's for everyone. The animals, the plants, and the trees do this naturally. We've forgotten about it somewhere along the way. It is not something paranormal. It has nothing to do with being clairvoyant. It is purely a matter of tuning in to the right wavelength of the other. Aboriginal wisdom. For the indigenous people, it is the most common thing in the world. Worldwide, the Earth's original population knows through through communication with nature which plants are healing, healthy, or toxic. For hunting, the Aborigines have been communicating with the animals they hunt for tens of thousands of years. They explain their need for the animal in advance and never take more than they need. The indigenous people know that all life forms are literally connected to each other. Western man started to keep animals, then developed agriculture and growing of fruits and vegetables. Somewhere, some two, 12,000 years ago, we gave up our natural connection to nature. We have alienated ourselves from our environment. Nowadays, the great thinkers are revered, but where is the admiration for the great feelers of our time? Our mind is so eager to control and to control life. How much more pain, suffering, and crisis do we need to understand that it is all about feeling and sensing, resilience and instant knowing? On YouTube, you can see short but also extensive films and documentaries about the meaningful work of Breidenbach. They show how she enables to solve complex issues between man and nature, how she approaches a group of aggressive baboons by connecting with them in peace and trying to find out what the problem is. A person who is attacked usually appears to be the biggest cause of the problem. When Breidenbach is asked why sharks attack humans somewhere along the coast of South Africa, somewhere along the coast of South Africa, she hears that sharks do not like human flesh at all, but that such extreme behavior needs to be looked at more holistically. Themes such as overfishing resulting in a shortage of food for sharks and arrogance of humans play a role. Everything is connected to everything through energy fields. Together, we all live in a vast ocean of energy. Literally, not as a metaphor, but as a reality. Every part of consciousness of humans, animals, plants, vegetables, or even a virus has the same essence. We're all made from the same fabric. Both matter and mind arose from the power of the source. There's nothing beyond ourselves and our consciousness, and we constantly create our lives and our environment from the will of the mind and consciousness. That's pure quantum physics. Like it or not, every thought or emotion is shaping our environment and lives. Everything is energy. In this respect, as human beings, with all our thoughts and emotions, we mostly resemble a cell tower from mobile communication. Nature understands us much better than we understand nature, says Breidenbach. Subatomic particles, the building blocks of everything that lives, have a lively interaction with our consciousness. Physicists have already concluded that it is if nature not only knows whether we observe, but even knows when we intend to do so. Where I think it went wrong is that man wanted to separate himself from that original source. After that, pride and competition prevailed. 
As human beings, we thought we could do it alone, without nature, both inside and out. By reopening ourselves to the development of our intuition, the instant knowing, we recognize once again that there is more than just our own brain. Beyond the jungle of thought, we set the door ajar to be able to tap into the information from that energy field that connects us all and from which we can learn to live together again in harmony and peace. In the distant past, we were able to do this. And if we do not quickly change our thinking and reopen ourselves to it, I'm afraid that nature will help us to find a new balance in this world. In this respect, I consider the coronavirus crisis to be a relatively minor wake-up call. If we do not change, it will no doubt it will no doubt later become apparent that corona is only a fraction of what we can expect from nature if we do not transform our supposed superiority and bow and surrender to instant knowing from the common source field of all that lives. We are busy with a one and a half meter society, but we do not realize that the virus problem has arisen from a wrong interaction with animals and nature. Concentration camps for humans do not belong in our civilization. The concentration camps for animals with densely packed chickens, pigs, and cows as hotbeds for infections via bacteria and viruses seem to fit very well into our civilized world. We keep animals in mass and destroy them just as easily, even if we don't have to. Everything is money driven. We use animals in degrading animal experiments in an attempt to keep ourselves healthy without even consulting nature once. Our ego orientation has hardly any limits. From the communication with animals, I know that many animals in their development and spiritual consciousness are higher than humans. The financial sector can, through money and services, sustain industrialized agriculture, animal husbandry, and animal testing, just as it used to support the slave trade. Or it can choose to give energy to restoring the balance between man and nature. It can focus on more pollution of the ground, air and water, or contribute to circular economy in a society in which man becomes more equal to nature. Also, companies and organizations can just as easily tune into the wavelengths of the energy fields as I do with nature. You can also receive answers from the energy field within an organization to key questions, such as what is needed to work more efficiently, work better together, and improve the service. Recently, I, th I thought along with a friend who works somewhere in the management top of an organization. The standard roadmap structures and models are getting worse and worse, and people are looking how to navigate the biggest challenges of our time. I suggested to them to learn to develop resilience on the road that leads nowhere. But that is probably a step too far. As soon as we open ourselves to the instant knowledge from our intuition and the energy fields inside and outside ourselves, our egos begin to crumble. It hurts us. What we get in return is a thousand times more beautiful and valuable. But it takes a little courage, will, and perseverance. The interest of organizations in communicating with nature is still very little. One looks mainly at nature as a metaphor. What do penguins or elephants teach us about leadership? How do ants or bees work together so intelligently? A step further, to sense directly from penguins, elephants, ants, and bees, and to learn from their consciousness does not happen in business. The pain of crisis on crisis is growing. So who knows, the first ones will soon come knocking on the door to see nature no longer as a metaphor, but to connect with it.
To deal more consciously with nature is not difficult, says Breidenbach. You can start today by being friendlier and kinder to every animal you meet. Your dog or cat, but also the fly, the mosquito, or the spider. You can look differently and, ob and observe the animals, the plants, but also the flowers and the vegetables in a way that you have not done before. People are sometimes surprised that I eat meat. How is that possible when you are communicating with animals and know their feelings? When it comes to food and drink, as far as I'm concerned, it's not so much what you eat or drink, but how. For me, the way we grow vegetables can be just as cruel as the way we keep animals. Again, everything carries the same original essence. It's much more about how we deal with it. I only eat and drink when I know where it comes from, when it has been treated with love, compassion, and ethics. It is a step too far for most people, but why don't we involve nature in finding new ways to interact with each other? It is high time that we learn to live together in harmony. If we don't, I'll know who will be the strongest. All parents have instinct. They absolutely have instinct. Um, and that usually only comes into the foreground when your child is in danger or something really apparently serious or potentially dangerous is at play. But we as, as adults have simply forgotten how to have our instinct be in the foreground the whole time, how to have intuition be in the foreground. Children under the age of two, before they learn to name and objectify the world and in so doing cut up and, and make into little compartments reality, children before they reach the age of two and begin to objectify and name things they perceive the world directly through their intuition and they know and feel everything they can sense the energy of a person or an animal walking into a room and so all non-humans and very very young humans are intrinsically in this state and they respond to each other in that way look at how some family pets accept what seems to be the most rough and impolite treatment. <laughs> the hands of babies or toddlers, the most dignified cat will allow itself to be dragged around by the tail or held in very awkward postures because the cat is picking up on the child's most genuine, heartfelt um, joy and experimentation and wanting to be touchy-feely in a loving relationship with, with the cat, for example. And so animals and babies in particular, and young children, really directly perceive the world through their intuition in these energetic ways. And it's quite a journey for young kids, quite a confusing journey and sometimes an emotionally painful one when they are told by us adults, by parents and teachers and other so-called responsible people, that what they, the child, is experiencing isn't real. Don't be silly, you can't tell what Fido's thinking because dogs don't talk. Uh, don't be silly, you're not seeing that fairy in the garden, or plants don't have feelings. And it's a great moment of grief as the child begins to learn and slowly come to believe that the world is comprised of a bunch of separate things without this rich dynamic relationship and communication happening the whole time between the different species. And I think, as parents as adults in this life even if we don't have our own biological children we all come across children the best thing we can do as an adult 
is encourage a child's intuition. Even if we can be just that one adult in the child's life who listens when they tell a story about something that seems imaginary or for which there doesn't seem to be physical proof. Because all the child needs is one example of one adult who's not going to say, you're wrong, that's not real. Just one adult saying, wow, wonderful, great that you perceived that, great that you received that, that, great that you spoke to your rabbit with your mind and with your heart. Just one adult will help the child think, oh, thank goodness, it can't be true that the world is the way all the other adults say it, because you know, some adults disagree. And if we can encourage kids to hang on to their intuition and their direct sense of knowing for as long as possible before they get educated out of it, we are empowering them to navigate their lives and all their relationships right. with themselves, with other humans and with, with animals and plants to navigate that with the best possible outcome, with all of their wisdom being kept alive.